Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, uh, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Uh, this week, I want to talk about something that might seem a little bit unusual for a podcast, and that is I want to talk about the importance of having a reading plan for leaders. Now, that might seem a little unusual because people who listen to podcasts prefer uh, audio information. That's why you like podcasts. But that doesn't mean you can't also benefit from having a reading plan uh, that uh, focuses your attention and keeps you moving forward in developing yourself personally, developing yourself as a communicator. And then I want to share with you some ideas about why it's important for leaders to be readers and then also why uh, are maybe the kinds of things that I like to read that might motivate you to develop your own uh, reading plan. So why should leaders be readers? Well, several reasons. Uh, number one, reading shapes you spiritually. Of course, you're going to be reading the Bible. That's a daily habit that we need to develop as leaders and put into practice so that we can be feeding ourselves spiritually. But even beyond that, uh, a reading plan that includes Christian biographies, uh, Christian books related to theology or ministry or other issues of spiritual development, uh, these kinds of resources help shape us spiritually. For example, a couple of summers ago, I did a reading plan for the summer which involved reading four different Christian biographies. And I selected them carefully. They were from different eras, people with different theological backgrounds, uh, people who'd made different kinds of impact. And in reading them, uh, I was able to interplay the lives of these four remarkable men uh, in, my, in my mind as I read the biographies and thought about uh, each one of them. And through that process, just was enriched spiritually to see the development of these men and their spiritual lives and parallels and contrasts with mine. So reading will shape you spiritually. A second, reading invigorates you intellectually. Reading is your opportunity to have fellowship with great minds. It's your opportunity to pick up a book by someone who really has influenced uh, Western civilization, our American thought, our Christian doctrine and practice, and read what these people had to say that has been so uh, uh, generational shaping over the years. Re reading gives you the opportunity to fellowship with great minds and invigorates you intellectually, makes you think things you haven't thought before, stretches your mind in ways you might not have been expecting. You get the idea. A third reason to leaders should read is that it sharpens your communication style. In other words, it sharpens your word craft. Now, I wish I had uh, better research on this, frankly, but all I know is that I've been reading uh, all kinds of literature for now on to, what, almost 60 years, and I have been uh, shaped in my communication by my capacity to read and process and think about how words are put together on pages. Uh, I, I've been a, a reading since I was in kindergarten or the first grade. In fact, I was the first first grader in my school to pass the reading proficiency to earn my library card. 
And I was so proud when I was the first one in my class to be able to be dismissed for library time to go down to the library, t show my library card, and check books out of our school library. So that's why I say almost 60 years. That's got to be at least about 56, 57 years ago that I got that first library card. And one of the reasons that I have some verbal communication skills today that have been sharpened over the years is not just practicing preaching or practicing teaching, but it's having my mind saturated with great literature over these decades has really sharpened and shaped my, my communication capacity. It's helped me understand how to put words together. It's helped me learn how to turn a phrase. It's, it's helped me to see the beauty of language and how it can be constructed and to translate that from the page into my mind and then from my mind into my words as I preach and teach. So reading sharpens your communication style, and not only it sharpens your oral style, but it makes you a better writer as well. You know, I've been uh, writing also now for years. Uh, I started writing uh, columns and literature and then later books and all of that has been shaped not only by learning to write more effectively and see how editors edited my material but also by reading other writers and seeing how they put ideas together and recognizing the difference between really good writing and not so good writing and trying to emulate those who do it very well. And then finally, why should leaders read? Because reading provides an escape. Now this may surprise you in a few minutes but I actually read quite a bit of fiction. Um, I like reading better than even watching videos or movies. Now, I realize that, I'm, uh, that that's not necessarily the same for everyone, so I'm not negative about videos or movies. I also like them as well. But if I have to make a choice between reading the book or watching the movie, I'll always choose to read the book. I, I like in, immersing myself in the words and imagining the scenarios that are described and seeing and smelling and sensing from the pages, from the words, uh, what I can see in my mind's eye. And so uh, reading has provided an escape for me. And I like to read uh, uh, various genre. Uh, I particularly like uh, espionage and crime and Western literature. Uh, and when that all comes together, like in the Longmire series, well, aren't we all happy? But nevertheless, I like reading fiction because it provides an escape for me. So why should leaders read? It shapes you spiritually, invigorates you intellectually, sharpens your communication style, both oral and written, and provides an escape for you from the daily grind of leadership. So second question, what should a Christian leader's reading plan include? Well, there is no fixed answer to this question. You should develop your own reading plan. Uh, think about your interests. Think about areas you want to grow. Think about areas where you're not as informed as you'd like to be. Uh, think about the breadth of what's available and the kinds of things you're interested in, and from that, uh, develop a plan. Now, the reason I like to have some kind of general idea of a reading plan for myself is because it keeps me from just uh, from being immobilized by the vast numbers of books that are being printed and thinking that I have to try to read everything or keep up with everything or be interested in everything. I just don't. So I've uh, tried to develop a reading plan that really focuses on some of my interests and my areas of growth and things that I really want to be proficient in and also some things that give me pleasure or, as I've said already, give me that escape that I've already mentioned. So generally speaking, what should a reading plan include? Well, let me give you these suggestions. Number one, read widely. 
don't just read theology, don't just read commentaries. You should read some theology and you should read some commentaries. But read more widely, read fiction, uh, read popular writing from current authors, read widely in your reading plan. Second, read purposefully. Uh, read about the things that are most purpose uh, that that are that are helping you to fulfill your purpose in leadership. In other words, read from your discipline, but then also don't be afraid to branch out and read in the disciplines from some other fields. For example, I try to read uh, books about being an educational leader, a seminary president. I try to read things that are uh, about education, like. Uh, newspapers and magazines and websites that relate directly to what I do every day. I read purposefully about my discipline. But I don't just read about that. I also want to read about other things that are ancillary to or connected to what I do. I want to read about pastoral ministry, and I want to read about church structure and organization today, and I want to read about what's going on in uh, mission fields around the world. I want to read purposefully about my field and related or ancillary fields to what I do. Another thing you can do is read intentionally, like choose a project and read that project. Now, as I already mentioned, uh, two summers ago, I had a summer reading plan where I decided that I would read four Christian biographies, and I would interplay the lives of those four men in my mind and learn from them, see the parallels between their lives, see the contrasts between them and see what I could learn from intentionally choosing a project like these four people from these four different areas and eras and read about them. Uh, another friend of mine has a, another interesting plan. He wants to keep up more with what's going on in contemporary culture and, and see what's shaping modern thought. And so he decided to go back, and uh, he's about 40 years old, he decided to go back 40 years, his lifetime, and read the Pulitzer Prize-winning book for fiction for every year since he's been alive. And he's about halfway through the project. Now, he said it's been fascinating because it's given him a window into modern thinking that he would have never otherwise opened. Uh, he's a strong Christian. He's a ministry leader. He keeps focused on those tasks pretty resolutely and pretty determined in, getting his, uh, in staying on task. But... By opening up this window of intentionally choosing to read the Pulitzer Prize-winning books on fiction since uh, he's been born, um, it's opened up a window for him into modern thought and modern life. And so that's when I say choose to read intentionally what I'm talking about. A number of years ago, um, I decided when I became a seminary president that I needed to read intentionally about how to do that more effectively. I discovered very quickly that there's not very many books written about how to be a seminary president. Yes, there are a few, uh, but not a shelf full. And so I thought, well, what do I need to read then? What will help me to learn how to be a president? And I decided that I would read biographies of American presidents. And so for the first few years I was a seminary president, I read quite a number of these. And I read the big, fat, thick ones, the thousand pagers, you know, that are, that are like the... Uh, the classic or the, the standard biographies on these different presidents. Well, that got me hooked. Now, I'm not reading three or four of those a year like I did the first few years I was president, but I'm still reading biographies of American presidents because the presidential mindset, the capacity to think like an executive, uh, the reading the panoramic vision and view of their lives and how they problem-solved and dealt with all the different issues that come to a person in that capacity, 
has really been helpful for shaping the way I think of myself in a presidential or executive role dealing on a much lower scale than the President of the United States, obviously, but with the same kind of daily stressors, pressures, and an never-ending agenda items that keep coming at me right and left. Reading the biographies of American presidents has been an intentional strategy on my part to try to learn to do my job better. And of course, I've already said this, but I'll say it again, uh, read theologically. It's not just enough to read, for example, leadership books by corporate people who put put things out that are sold in airport bookstores. Yeah, occasionally those are helpful. But it's also important to read theologically about leadership and to read what people are writing about the theology of what we do and of how we lead and of how we do ministry. And not just reading theologically about leadership, that's just one example because I write in that field, but reading theologically in other areas as well to continually motivate and shape and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, sharpen your thinking on those kinds of issues. And then finally, I'll add this as well, read what you enjoy. Read what you enjoy. And I mean whether you're reading theology or whether you're reading history or whether you're reading fiction, read what you enjoy. For example, uh, as I've already said, I read fiction. I don't read science fiction. Now why not? Because I don't enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with it. I know people who love that genre and read it and uh, know all the ins and outs of all these different trilogies and all these different series and all these different things, and I just cannot get my mind around it. I've tried, and I find some of it a little bit interesting, but it's really hard for me to uh, find enjoyment in reading that kind of fiction, so I've chosen just not to do it. Uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means you have to read what you enjoy and choose the kind of books that you'll enjoy reading so it's not a drudge to you to have to accomplish a reading plan. So what should a Christian leader's reading plan include? I think you should read widely, read purposefully, read intentionally, read theologically, and read what you enjoy. Now, let's get a little more specific. Uh, if you're curious, what is my current reading plan? Well, there's about five things uh, that I sample from on a continual basis as I, as I uh, fulfill uh, this idea of leaders being readers. Number one, I am, as I've already said, still reading biographies of American presidents. Uh, they are fascinating to me. I really enjoy reading about their failures, about their ups, their downs, their interest, the intricacies of their character development, um, how they perceived their work and how they accomplished it. Um, I'm fascinated by the political intrigue that has gone on. Um, one of the great takeaways I have from reading these biographies is, number one, how many of them made catastrophic mistakes at some point in their leadership and recovered? It is amazing how many American presidents failed significantly in some area of life or even in politics before they were ultimately successful and became president. The second thing I've learned is how many American presidents have made strategic decisions that at the time either seemed small um, or didn't seem uh, like they were going to have long-term consequence and turned out to be some of the most significant decisions they've ever made. Like, for example, when Thomas Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark west. It was just two dudes going out to explore the west, but look how that transformed our continent. Um, 
you think about uh, Harry Truman making this significant decision that nuclear weapons would not be under the control of the military, but would require the control of the president, the civilian part of the government. That's a significant decision. You know, when we go to war, the generals have at their disposal every weapon that we have in our arsenal, except one. They can't use nuclear weapons without the permission of the president, meaning that they are outside the control of the military and controlled by the civilian aspect of our government. When Truman made that decision, it seemed like a simple one at the time, but think of the consequences of the decision over the last 70 years. So what I'm saying is, um, reading the biographies of American presidents has really shaped me and helped me understand uh, what it means to be able to make consequential decisions and also how I can overcome mistakes and keep moving forward, sometimes even serious mistakes. Another part of my reading plan are what I call quality leadership books. Now, 20 years ago, I consumed every leadership book I could get my hands on. I've read uh, hundreds uh, of them. But I've calmed down on that quite a bit now. I'm now reading what I call quality leadership books, meaning I don't read every new thing that comes out. I want to wait and give a book a little time to see, first of all, if it grows legs and has lots of other people reading it and talking about it. That generally is an indication that there's something there that I need to pay attention to. Second, I want to read from people that are recognized leaders. I, I want to read from someone who's done something consequential, not someone who just learned how to write a book and thought they put one out with some of their good ideas in it. And so quality leadership books for me are people that are, that are books that are being proven by the reputation they're drawing or the reputation they're gaining as they're being used. And then second, uh, by the author being credible of having accomplished something significant in leadership. Um, a third part of my current reading plan, as I've already mentioned, are what I call theological biographies. I really have come to enjoy reading a Christian biography and uh, really soaking up uh, what uh, is out there in terms of uh, the people in our movement who have made a significant difference and what I can learn from their lives, what I can learn from their lives theologically, what I can learn from their lives practically, and most of all, what I can learn from their example of leadership and impact. And so biographies of American presidents, quality leadership books, and theological biographies are a part of my reading plan. The fourth part of my reading plan um, is what I'll just simply call history. Now, I particularly like reading American history. And this year, I've tried to read uh, two books. One I gave up on because, frankly, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be, and it was boring and difficult to follow, and so I quit in the middle, which is an interesting thing. Not every book that you pick up and read is a book that you're going to finish, okay? Don't feel bad about that. Um, I, I bought this biography over Christmas and thought it was just going to be the greatest biography ever. I had read another biography by this same bi writer. I, he's done a good job in the past. The person he was writing about was a compelling figure in American history. I thought, wow, this is going to be so great. Wow. About four chapters into that book, I'm thinking, what in the world is this mess? I can't even follow this. It's just so so haphazardly put together and so backwards in so much of the way it's written and it didn't make any sense to me. And so after a while, I just kind of gave up. But nevertheless, I do like reading history, and I, in this case, a biography of a prominent person from American history. Another book I've read, just again, since the first of the year, is a new book called El Dorado, which is a book by H.W. Brand. He's a professor at University of Texas, which is a, a an overview, if you will, 
of the history of the American West. And in reading that book, there wasn't really much in there that I hadn't read before because I've read extensively in the history of the American West. But I did really like the way he put the whole story together and showed the interconnectedness of events from Lewis and Clark, the railroad expansion, the gold rush, the uh, 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 conflicts with Native Americans, the uh, uh, and uh, the buffalo hunting and all of and cattle driving, all of that and how it played together to form the narrative of what has become the American West. I found very fascinating, and I thought he did a great job with that. So I like to read history, and I read history for context and perspective. Um, I know some people think God arrived the day they got there, uh, but God's been at work a long time, and his providence is seen in many events, in, in the events of history. And, and so I like to read history for context and perspective. It helps me know how we got to where we are, and it gives me a perspective on how things change over time and, and how things are shaped by events over time. And so history is important in that context. So what is my current reading plan? I like to read biographies of American presidents. That feeds my need to keep growing as an executive leader. I like to read quality leadership books by either people that, I, that, that uh, have credibility because of what they've accomplished or books that, I like to say it this way, grow legs, uh, books that have momentum because many people are reading them and talking about them. Um, and then I like theological biographies, biographies of men and women in our movement of Christianity that have made a significant difference. And I can read about what moved them, what motivated them, and the impact they've made. Then I like to read history, secular history. And I particularly like reading American history. And I do that for context and perspective to help me understand how we got to where we are and where we're going in the future. And then finally, I like to read fiction. And as I've already said, I like to read uh, espionage, I like to read crime, uh, I like to read uh, uh, Western fiction. And so I read these areas, and when they all interplay together, it's even uh, all the much more. Uh, and, as I, and I read them just for uh, relaxation, for escape, just to take, give myself a brain break. Now you might be thinking, you must read 20 hours a day. That is simply not true. There's days I don't read anything at all except the Bible. Uh, and some days I even miss that. I have to be honest about that. Uh, but, but, you know, they're, they're, I don't read all day and I don't read every day. But what I have is an intentionality about, okay, these are the things I like to read. And I'm going to be sampling from these things. And so I always have at least one book working from one of these areas. Like, as I said, I just finished reading this History of the American West book. That was something I was reading in part of January, and then I switched over to fiction, and I've been reading a couple of fiction books just for the brain break. Um, I was down in, in our seminary library yesterday looking at some new biographies of some people that I'm interested in, and I may pick up one of those and get started on it pretty soon. And so, uh, you know, I just go from kind of one area to the other, always reading, but not reading every day and not reading all the time. So that leads us to the last question. How can I read more? You're thinking, well, if I'm not going to read all the time, but I'm going to read intentionally and purposely and theologically and strategically like Jeff's suggesting, uh, how can I find the time to, to read more and to make this a part of my development as a leader? Well, let me give you uh, four or five suggestions. Number one, turn off the television and your streaming services. Netflix has to go. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ever watch TV. It doesn't mean you can't ever watch a movie. But if you want more time to read, turn off the screens. Less television, less streaming, less gaming, all that kind of thing. If you'll set aside less time for that, you can replace it with more time to read. Second, turn off your social media. 
just turn the phone off for an hour. Set it aside. Pick up a book instead. Third, you can read more if you'll keep a book with you all the time. Now, I haven't, uh, I'll, I'll say it this way, 95 to 98% of my books that I've purchased are borrowed in the last 10 years have been electronic books. I almost never buy a paper book any longer of any kind. Now that's a preference, that's not a, not a principle or a policy, it's just a preference. One of the reasons I switched over to electronic books is because I travel extensively and I want to keep a book with me all the time and quite frankly I get tired of carrying around a lot of books. So um, I have uh, reading opportunities uh, galore on my iPad uh, some books I purchase, some books I borrow, uh, some books I use from library, etc. But you get the idea. I'm keeping a book with me all the time because I always have my iPad with me, especially when I'm traveling. And it's amazing how much downtime we have while we're traveling or while we're waiting uh, that we can use to read if we have the book with us. Like, for example, um, I, when I board an airplane, I'm usually one of the first people to board because I'm a frequent flyer and all that. Well, from the time you board the plane until they actually get the plane in the air and hit the buzzer until you can turn your computer on is at minimum 45 minutes from the time you board to the time you can fire up your computer or go to work on something else. 45 minutes. I found that I can read in that 45 minutes and get a tremendous amount of reading done. And, and, and I've, not used, I've not taken that time away from anything else. That was time I was normally wasting. And so now, rather than getting on the plane and looking through a magazine or fiddling around or, you know, just wasting that time and waiting for the plane to get in the air so I can turn on my computer and get down to work, well, now I've found, hey, that's a 45-minute window, and then on the landing, another 20- to 30-minute window that I can read. So I've just added an hour of reading minimum to every one of my travel days just by reading when I was otherwise wasting time. I just wonder how much time you spend uh, waiting at... Uh, restaurants are sitting in line somewhere are at home waiting for your children to come home or waiting for your wife to get there how much time you spend waiting keep a book with you all the time flip it open read a chapter you'll find that if you do that you can use that time much more effective and then another way you can read more is by simply learning to use a library a public library here at the seminary, our seminary library, or uh, loan services, free loan services like uh, uh, Kindle Unlimited, things like that. There are ways to get a lot of free reading materials so that you don't have to purchase the books. Uh, and doing that really, of course, cuts down quite a bit on the expense of maintaining a reading plan. Uh, I still occasionally go to a public library and get a book. Uh, I'll, I'll do that when I can't find it, when I, when I can't get it free electronically and I really don't want to pay for it, or maybe I want to read a little bit of it before I decide if I'm just going to buy that book. I'll just go to the public library and pull it off the shelf and read a chapter or two and see what, it, what I think about it. So don't overlook the free resources that can help you to read more. And then one last thing, and I have a person that I'm pretty close with that did this. If you're a slow reader, take a reading class. You know, there are reasons why adults uh, struggle with reading, and sometimes they're because you were misdiagnosed as a learning disability or you were not trained properly in reading technique as a child. And the, the, uh, the, the techniques to teach people how to read and to teach people to read with better comprehension and to read more rapidly 
those have improved significantly over the years. And so check into your community college or to a local college and see if they have a reading class or a class that helps you to learn how to read more effectively. And don't be embarrassed to take that if that would help you to speed up or to increase your capacity in developing as a reader. Well, this may seem like a weird thing to talk about on a podcast because podcast listeners are audio learners, and I get that. But I would challenge you to develop an intentional plan for reading. Leaders are readers. We read to shape ourselves spiritually, invigorate ourselves intellectually, sharpen our communication abilities, and we also read for the escape of it, the fun of reading fiction to just give us um, a brain break, if you will, from our daily grind of leadership. I've tried to outline for you today some reasons to develop a reading plan and some ways that I've done that and some of the four or five areas of reading that I enjoy that help feed me and shape me and strengthen me as a leader and also give me relaxation and pleasure as I read. I hope you'll put this into practice and develop your own reading plan. Pick two, three different areas where you'd like to read. Uh, start down those paths. See where it takes you. If you don't like those, pick a couple of replacements, but find a way to intentionally read more, and I think it'll improve your capacities as a leader as you lead on.